Hey y'all, it's your favorite host, and I wanted to just pop in here to say, uh, if you're enjoying the show uh, and you'd like to give us some support, the best way to do that is through Patreon. Uh, I've launched the Patreon with a couple of tiers. There's a $3 tier, which gives you access to the Discord, and you come hang out with uh, me and the other friends inside of that, uh, and just kind of talk the show, talk a bunch of different nerd stuff. And then there is a, another tier, an $8 tier, uh, where you can get early access to episodes ad-free. Um, you will also get free access to all uh, micro-RPGs that I create in the future. Yeah, so again, uh, thank you so much for listening to the show. Um, if you'd like to give additional support, that's one way to do it. Another great way to do it is just, you know, go on to whatever platform you're listening to and rate the podcast, subscribe, uh, follow, leave a review if you can. Um, those things really help gain visibility for the show, and it is always greatly appreciated. Link is in the description. Thank you so much, and back to the episode. Welcome to the Secret Nerd Podcast, where we think everyone should play tabletop RPGs and give you some reasons why. With me today, I'm very excited. Um, it's a longtime friend of the show. They have their own podcast, and I am super excited to talk to them and yeah, and just get into this because this has been uh, a long time coming for this one as well. So yeah, if you would like to introduce yourself. Oh gosh! Uh, hello, uh, my name is Daisy uh, at Days I May on Twitter. D a y s e y e m a y. I don't really know how to introduce myself often. It's been a while since I've done it. Uh, uh, hello, uh, fan of the show. Definitely a long time running. I've uh, been really excited to come on here. Thank yeah. you so much, Navar, for having me on here. Of uh, course. It's wild to me because I'm just like a person. Uh, <laughs> you have so many cool guests and I'm just like... <laughs> Hey, I haven't recorded in like a bunch of months, but I'm still here. Uh, about me, general tabletop nerd, I guess. General nerd. Um, I do have my own podcast, the Two's yeah. Company podcast. Uh, currently, we play Wander Home, mm -hmm. a very beautiful pastoral fantasy game written by Jay Dragon. Uh, it's all about animals traveling around. Uh, I host guests on there, and we just kind of like chill and explore i yeah. play a very anxious big rabbit uh, so if you like <laughs> that that's called left foot forward yeah uh you can check us out too on your pod catchers where things are cast yeah no i love it and look daisy um we're all just people i mean before i started this even now as <laughs> i have been doing this for multiple months i am still just just me i'm surprised every time somebody agrees to do the show um, and I am not surprised when people don't reply back to me. So <laughs> I'm like, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. You're too well, cool you're doing me, a so great job. So <laughs> Thank you. Keep it up. 
Thank you. Thank you. Um, well, yeah. So I definitely want to talk about the show, of course. Um, but where, you know, where I always like to start is just like, how did you get into nerd stuff? Oh, gosh. You know, so my brain doesn't always hold on to things super well. So actually, as I've been prepping for this, I've written down <laughs> notes in my awesome. app. I love it. <laughs> I've been listening to other episodes. I'm like, oh, I'm going to get asked this. Uh, <laughs> and my like, nerd origin is super foggy like in my mind because there's so many like different like pinpoints of nerddom that I've been in yeah but looking like as far back as I can really remember the first like tangible memory I have of anything quote nerdy Mm -hmm. um is like I think I was like five years old maybe maybe younger maybe like three years old um I grew up in like the DC area, Washington DC. So every time any like relative visited, it was, ah, let's go like to the Smithsonian. Let's look at the museums. Yeah. So we'd all get on the Metro and go there. And I have a super clear memory of my current uncle, but my aunt's boyfriend at the time. Mm -hmm. Anytime we would go to DC, whenever you'd visit, we would just sit on the Metro with a Game Boy Color and play Super Mario Brothers Deluxe. Yeah. And just like he grew up playing those games and I was super new at it. I was really bad, but we just kept trying to get through all the levels. Um, and and after that, I was like, well, I'm sold. Yeah, I love games. I love video games. And it's kind of just spiraled through there. Um, yeah. I guess most other stuff in relation to that have been through connections, I guess. Just like back on it. Friends and stuff like that. Yeah. And just like every time that I've like latched on to a thing that's like, this is nerdy. I love it. Mm -hmm. It's because I had a shared experience with somebody. Oh, wow. Yeah. Like that very first one was with my, with my uncle and throughout the time it's been, Oh, I've played this board game with my friends. That was really fun. Let's try and do that more. Or I like watched this movie with people and we talked about it. Um, And I don't know, I'll go off tangent way too much. Yeah, no, no, no. I think, I think it's good. Like, because shared experience really does. um, It really does create those memories. Even if you are an introvert like myself, like I think, you know, a lot of my biggest fondest memories are with other people um, doing things that I love. So, yeah, I definitely totally get that. Um, so how long did you live in D.C.? I grew up in the area. So I lived there until I was about 18. Okay. Because um, you're and in Chicago now, right? I'm in Chicago now, actually. There's been a lot of movement in the last, <laughs> like, Four, three, four, five years. Okay. Um, I'm also I'm also very young, actually. So, um, compared to I think most of the guests that you had, I'm like, oh gosh, how old am I? Twenty, <laughs> mid twenties, I think. Yeah. yeah. Twenty five. <laughs> uh, so, I guess pretty recently, okay. I was eighteen. I moved to California. Okay. Um, I went to college out there, and then. After graduating, I graduated right when the pandemic hit. Yeah. Uh, super, super fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, I moved up to Seattle with my partner because that's where they were at the time. Yeah. And then we moved to Chicago together and have been there, been here um, since summer 2020. Oh, wow. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Perfect time to start in a new city. 
honestly, tr- yeah, <laughs> new place, no friends, <laughs> just internet. Yeah, can't go anywhere. Uh, yes, good old 20. 20- it's bizarre. Like, even now, like, 2021 doesn't even feel real. Um, like, it's Wait, all just a blur for, of two years. Is it? It's 2022 it, right now. Oh, gosh, it is. <laughs> I, you're right. It is. Yeah. I mean. <laughs> I don't know how. I know. I don't know how we got here either. Uh, <laughs> I literally just watched a video of somebody being like, man, 2019 was wild. Like, we used to go outside. We used to be outside and inside. <laughs> right? <laughs> that is insane. We used to have large gatherings? Yeah. Seriously. Uh, so bad. Yeah. Um, so, if you don't mind my asking, what is your ethnicity? I am white. Okay. Um, and so I asked because my like ignorant view of DC is that like DC is like a very black city. Was that the case? Like as you were growing up, was it pretty so, diverse in that way? I guess I lived just outside of DC. Okay. Um, so really I did not get too much like experience in there. Yeah. Um, I was very sheltered kind of growing okay. up in yeah. terms of like, diversity Mm -hmm. um my area was mostly white people okay uh, but you know there was the (laughs) the basic diversity i guess growing up at school which is not a lot (laughs) um which which is why i'm super grateful that i've had the ability and like opportunity to move around a lot yeah like in these past five years because that has just taught me so much more about the world other people yeah. and just like how things are in other places. Do you, do you feel like it like took you getting out of that space out of DC to like realize that? I definitely think it took me getting out of like my hometown for yeah. sure. Yeah. Um, because like I was in a place where it was kind of like the gifted kid college funnel Mm. Um, where it was supposedly one of the best school districts in like the country, all a bunch of BS to kind of get people to flock there and like pressure (laughs) their kids way too much. Um, and so a lot of the people like I was with all went to the same schools after they graduated, all stayed together, all kind of like kept the same like social vibe i mm-hmm. guess yeah yeah um while i like pushed past that i pushed out of that and and i met new people i gained new experiences which was the biggest thing for me i just i didn't want to have the same experiences that i had growing up yeah did you um and i'm sorry if i if you said this but did you move to california then for like school yes so okay. i went i went to school in california gotcha um yeah so was that like what was that like was it like a culture shock to kind of change or was i guess i mean i don't know like obviously california is not a monolith but like uh, you know where you went um was it vastly different in a way yes just because it was a different place mm-hmm. um uh the biggest thing was just that you know going to school yeah <laughs> gave me the opportunity to um like meet a lot of different people that came from a lot of different backgrounds yeah so i wasn't just with people who were you know 
forced to all take AP classes together because right, that yeah, yeah. was the thing to do <laughs> or like all went to youth group soccer camp or something. Um, so I got to learn about people who got to the same place that I did by different means and like different methods and, and like made friends. Yeah, that's really cool. I went to uh, college for a couple of years in Kentucky and um, that was an experience. Uh, and a lot of it was just like meeting um well-meaning white people who were just like say like like how their family is racist like very nonchalantly and just like like yeah uh i guess like i don't know what to say or do in this situation i'm just gonna go to my class then just Uh, okay yeah but i mean it's just so it's so interesting to see like as you kind of move around different places and it's funny too uh i think you know a lot of places now have become and are still becoming gentrified right um Mm. but to see like those pockets of places like uh like dc um like how people have talked about oakland where it's just like like if you're in it like this is like a separate community than when you live the next community over you know (laughs) segregated or by a a street or a highway or whatever it is and just like yeah that's a totally different world Uh, wild (laughs) very wild (laughs) yeah um so when when did you like get you know after doing all that stuff like when did you get introduced into ttrpgs my tabletop gaming experience, or I guess tabletop role-playing game experience, was, I mean, introduced through college, kind of. I had a friend who was like, let's play D&D. Yeah. Um, but it was really the funnel from video games to board games to tabletop role-playing games. Yeah. Because my, like, biggest, like, special interest slash like fixation is has been board games for the mm-hmm. longest time okay yeah i like have way too many board games and not enough <laughs> friends to play them with but i brought a bunch of them with me to college because i'm like yeah. this is who i am i'm gonna be the game person yeah uh so we would all have like game nights on like saturday night well most people went out drinking <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> or anybody who came back from drinking would like join us and like in the common area playing games Um, and one of my, uh, best friends from that was like, Hey, I have this other really nerdy group, uh, from my fencing club. Who's, who's doing doing D and D you like board games. Let's do that. Yeah. And I was like, okay, I mean, maybe I've liked board games, but I've I've heard about this D and D thing. I've got mixed views from people like, Oh, that's too nerdy. Or like, yeah, we kind of like it. So I tried it out. Um, this was like halfway through my like first year mm-hmm. in college and, um, literally the first session I was like, I want to run this. I want to, yeah. I want to, <laughs> I want to play this. I want to build my world. I want to do this. Um, so right after like that first session, I, I went back and started building a world and like texted all my friends from home. Like, Hey, this summer we're gonna, we're gonna do this. Okay. We're, we're on it. I've got this world. And you know, as beginning things happen, they all kind of peter out a little bit and we never really got anywhere past two sessions. Um, but I fell in love with like being the DM, I guess, like being the GM. And I've kind of like stuck with that. I would say I'm a forever GM, but also 
I kind of like it. Yeah, not. <laughs> I kind of prefer yeah, yeah. it more yeah. than being a player. And I don't know whether that's just like my experiences being a player haven't been super great. Um, I was like super grateful that that group brought me into D anD D, but there were just like dynamics that didn't really work with with me, and and I like had to back out. Um, yeah. But or just like general. Sometimes I get very anxious about portraying a single character that holds a lot of me inside of them. Yeah. Um, I, I so so I really like being able to see everything. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I I get that. Like I I mean I definitely love the world building and like creating all of those things and creating NPCs and stuff like that. Um, and I do think it's so much fun. And definitely being a player is a much different mindset right like because you like mm-hmm. you said you, you do put yourself into it even if it's like not you know a self-insert character it's still like well yeah but i you know gave a lot of love into making this character the person that they are the personality that they have um you know the, the relationship with their family uh the relationship with the other players stuff like that and i think it's so easy to just kind of like dig deep into it right and tons of people do yeah. it, you know and you have that um emotional bleed and i mean honestly like even if you're not like explicitly trying to like like you said self-insert yeah everything you build comes from you and your experiences yeah. so it's like the way you perceive things you will put onto your character and and if you like have to face that sometimes it can be hard to be like oh gosh <laughs> yeah for sure <laughs> Yeah. But I think too, in that same sense, like you were saying, um, you know, some of the ways that you perceive things, I think too, as a, as a GM, it helps a lot too, right. Mm -hmm. To be in a situation to have players and say like, you know, not to say that my worldview is perfect or whatever, but, or yours, but like, it's just like, we look at the world a certain way. And sometimes that is beneficial to people who don't look at it the same way or who haven't had the same experiences right i mean there's been so much discourse on in the twitterverse around like slavery and racism in games um and i think that there's really good conversations about that but one thing that i saw was like it's not that take it all away but like you have to be smart about it you have to understand what you're actually talking about right it's like not everybody should do this thing Mm -hmm. and people should have consent about whether or not they even want to be involved in that kind of situation. Um, yeah, but it, it's so, I think when you have situations where it's like, whether it's uh, dealing with race, whether it's dealing with um, identity or sexual orientation or whatever it is, like if you can relate those things into a game and help people feel more comfortable with it, friends around the table and stuff, like mm-hmm. I think that's really valuable. Oh, yeah. I mean, also, like, one of the biggest reasons I like being a GM is because you get to cultivate that shared experience. Yeah. Like, maybe on one half, it's a control thing where I'm like, <laughs> I want to be in charge. Yeah, but <laughs> I, as as I drift away from, from like, D&D games and get into more, like, open, a lot of times GM-less or, or like, um, like, Powered by the Apocalypse style games. Yeah. I really enjoy, like like you said, everybody brings their own experience, their own perception to the game, and you get to like meld them together. You mm-hmm. you get to have everybody come together with what they have, what they've brought, and teach each other and and make something completely new. Yeah, um, together and 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 have that be yours. And 
I mean, maybe it's a cliche saying, but, you know, the sum is greater than the parts. We all bring our own thing and we come out of it. Hopefully, if we've had all of the right tools and safety mechanics in place, growing. Yeah. Yeah, I think it definitely, um, it's so important. And even for myself, like, I've always felt like I was a very uh, progressive person, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And I definitely think that, like, as I've grown more into this space and started to talk to more people, like, there's definitely things, um, you know, unconscious biases that I had. um, And not, like, in a malicious way, but just, like, stuff that Mm -hmm. I neglected or just left out because it didn't, it wasn't a part of my thought process. You know what I mean? And so I love these games for that reason of just helping me be more conscious of that. Um, and kind of opening my eyes to like, Oh yeah, like it's important to have this stuff here. (laughs) Um, yeah. And, and it's just so valuable. I have learned the most about myself playing these games. (laughs) So I, I feel that, my my character in in my my wander home podcast is literally a self insert for <laughs> my personal journey but i mean if you're going to put yourself in any kind of game like that seems like the best one to do it it's like Truly. there's no violence there's no war there's no you uh, know i love wander home yeah i i can derail if you want but it's just it's a good game if anybody has not heard of wander home please check it out j yeah. dragon is an amazing game designer and Possum Creek Games makes phenomenal stuff. Uh, yeah. It's a beautiful game. It's it's sad, <laughs> but, <laughs> yeah. but beautiful. Sad but beautiful for sure. Um, you, we, I definitely want to talk about Wonder Home. Um, but my, I do have another question. Like you said, your first game kind of like it obviously hooked you into D and D and stuff. Um, what was that first table like? Like, did you have? Was it a diverse table? Um, did you feel no. comfortable <laughs> playing there? No, I, it was very, very stereotypical first kind of like when you think of D&D, this is the table and like nothing wrong with that. Um, I mean, I guess technically my first dungeon master was, was female. So that was something different, but overall the vibe was this is D&D and this is how D&D is. Um, and I hope all those people are doing well. I just did not fit that table very well. Um, I personally felt like I did not get to uh, express my like character Mm -hmm. to the point where I had to make a literal child (laughs) (laughs) just go around with people. Um, I don't know where I was. Yeah. I mean, uh, I guess if you don't mind talking about it, like what, you know, what, what other elements of you would you have, wish you could have added into that um that's a very good question because it's not something that i've actually thought about a lot <laughs> in my head i'm kind of just like ah i i got through it i wasn't for me i backed out but i haven't really thought about what would have made it work um i mean definitely some sort of safety tool set <laughs> Yeah. probably or at least like communication tool set which yeah. safety tools as a base are um so important yeah yeah not to bring it back to wander home right away <laughs> but like the yeah. safety tool set that is in wander home the journeying tools would have been phenomenal because they yeah. are it like 
in fiction a way to insert yourself into a thing that's happening and say, hey, can we maybe do this a different way? Yeah. Um, for me, the culminating thing that made me want to like back out was that we had a five hour real time shopping session. Oh. So a few of the players were shopping for things and like bargaining and going around for five literal real world hours. <laughs> yeah. Um while I was trying to like actually go on a side quest and do something. Yeah. Um which I, th- I guess I don't know. That's what D&D is. If any of them know know who I am and end up listening to this, I hope you're doing well. It's nothing personal. Yeah. I just I couldn't take it. Yeah. Hey, I mean it's totally understandable. I think it's important to to do that. And I think like especially, you know, you talk about like being a GM and stuff like that. That's such a valuable skill to be able to like even digitally look at the at the players and be like, okay, this person's checking out. Like, mm-hmm. you know, sometimes people will speak up for themselves, but not all the time. And if somebody doesn't speak up for themselves, I think it's important for a GM to have the skills to be like, hey, like, you know, all right, let's move forward with this. Like we don't have to role play every single, you know, <laughs> sentence of dialogue for uh, you and the shopkeeper, um, yes. you know, whatever it is. And I mean, sometimes it's fun. Like, you know, in our home game, I think we've only ever done like, we've never had like a full on shopping episode. Mm-hmm. Uh, we had one that was probably like 30 minutes or so. Um, and it was just fun. Cause I was just like yeah. this woman who was selling beautiful um, African stylized, clothing you know to my players uh so they could um be a part of like the city that they were living or that they were in helping out with and like you know i'm no uh i have zero mind for fashion um (laughs) for those everybody who can't see this i am just wearing a hoodie and sweats um and when i'm not wearing sweats i'm wearing jeans so um (laughs) nothing wrong with that (laughs) you wear what works (laughs) yeah what makes you feel uh, good yeah and uh, so, yeah, so, but, but it was cool to like, for even for myself to be like, oh, okay, like now let me go look at like images of this stuff and the artwork from yeah. the books and like get inspired by these ideas and make something that even if it would not really look good in real life, like, does it sound good for the players? Are they excited by the idea? Mm-hmm. And then when that 20, 30 minutes is over, then it's like, cool, let's move on to something else now. Like, you know honestly something like that would have been like incredible like that that is a way where you would like you you entered into that with care and like dedication to the setting and to the the place and the story kind of and like building up the location you were in and like i would have loved that if that's what it was if 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 and to be fair we can't ask everything of every gm but just like (laughs) for sure yeah like adding some context to the places we were instead of like, ah, there's a, an ironsmith. Oh, you want to pay them stuff? Okay. Uh, but they don't want you to pay little, so you're going to have to bargain. Okay, we're going to make some rolls. Yeah. Uh, you're going to try and steal stuff. Okay, sure. <laughs> they get mad at you. <sighs> like, like That's the craziest thing to me, too, is it's like everybody's just like, well, I'm not happy with this price, so I'm just going to steal it. Right. Some things, also some things don't need to have dice rolls or don't need to be narrated you can just be like i want to get this thing how do i do it okay let's go cool yeah yeah for sure (laughs) like i i definitely don't understand all that but i think it's you know it just takes i think it takes one time to care um and you know an experience right of just like 
mm-hmm. learning those skills. Cause I mean, you talk about it and the impression I get is kind of just like that, like very normal war game. And then like, you know, we're shopping. Like it's very like D and D what it used to be. Right. What all of the yeah. old um, people who don't like diversity and inclusion are complaining <laughs> about right now. <laughs> um, and it's funny how those correlate. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, but yeah, I mean, you know, taking the time, right. Like if you care enough to learn and you take the time to gain the experience or like fucking watch somebody else do it, listen to somebody else do it, mm-hmm. practice, right. Um, ask your players, like, that's a great way to be like, Hey, what would you prefer in this situation? Right. Cause if somebody had asked right. it, then it wouldn't have been a bad situation for you. Right. Or if somebody had checked in, if your DM had been like, mm-hmm. yeah, uh, Daisy has brought up twice now that they <laughs> want to go do this thing. Like maybe I should pay attention to that. Um, <laughs> I'm, I'm a huge proponent of letting my players do the world building for me or letting yeah. them do the things for me. Um, it's, it's kind of why I drifted away from Dungeons and Dragons mm-hmm. because I, there is so much that Dungeons and Dragons asks of the GM and the DM just to do and have where other systems just don't. Yeah. It's all, it's even if it's not like explicitly like, or even if there's like a GM, it's all collaborative. And my best, my favorite games, my best games have come when often a player will be like, Hey, I have this idea like for a character, for a place or for like a thing that I want to see. And then that will live in my head for three weeks while I create (laughs) an entire thing around it. Um, Like I had a friend, one of my best friends was like, Hey, I really want to play monster of the week. I have this character idea. And from that character idea, I was like, I have a world. Let's find people. Yeah. Let's do it. Let's do this. And yeah. it was incredible. All it took was was him come to me and be like, I want to be this. Yeah. <laughs> I want to do this idea. And I was like, great. <laughs> I have a whole like arc planned around your concept. You want it to yeah. be like a biker? And I'm like, we're going to have a bike chase. That's it. Yeah. 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 I, I've told this be the beginning of this story before, but, um, you know, we, my friends, our home game, we recently played delta green and when Mm. we did our session zero my friend Cree, she wanted to be a criminal and i was like okay fine and then like we were building up she's like yeah i have this idea where she's like a teenager and um you know she's like messing with drugs and stuff like that and that's kind of how i want to like set her up and i was like okay i was like um so we're playing delta green it's a very violent, uh, very horrific game, and you want to be an 18-year-old character. Are you sure? <laughs> like, if you're sure, then I'm sure, and we'll move yeah. forward with this. And she's like, yeah, that's what I want to do, if you're okay with it. And I was like, okay, I'm good with it. And from that, I created this insane opening scene where she's, like, going to buy drugs, and she sees this, like, weird, like, uh, black ops soldier kind of, like, snooping around where she's at and so she like tries to go follow him to see what's going on because he's going in the direction of her friend um and then shit breaks out and like this monster flies out of the door she watches this thing like happen um and and then gets knocked out and taken to a place yeah. and that's how like our game started and so Dang. had she not created that idea it would have been a completely different game of like okay you right. show up to a scene 
that has, you know, you don't get to see what happens in the scene. Like it's just there. Um, but yeah, it's again, like you were talking about, like listening to the players and then being like, Oh, okay, cool. Yes. Because I'm a communication too. Yeah. Yeah. One of the things that I, I, the one trope I hate about TTRPGs and hate might be strong, but I really don't like it. Is this like people feeling like I can't play the same thing as somebody else. Mm -hmm. Right. Like, Oh, well, you know, you're already a fighter. I wanted to be a fighter, but I guess I'll be something else. Like just both play fighters. Like the party doesn't need to be balanced, you know, as the person running the game, like we can figure it out for you, you know? Um, like if your GM's not an asshole, you're going to have good <laughs> combat still. Like you're not going to get completely owned on all the things that you're weak against, right? But but yeah, people just feel like they can't do it. And I tell every person I play with, I'm like, play whatever you want. Like it doesn't matter what the other person's playing. Just do, like you want to do an all cleric game? Let's do it. <laughs> Nobody's dying. <laughs> yes. Honestly, it just it just takes that communication of like, here is what I want. Here's yeah. here's I'm coming to this table. I want to get something out of it. Yeah. Let's make sure like that we can coordinate that we all get the same thing out of it. I feel like <laughs> yeah. a lot of the a lot of the the games where it's like, ugh, I ended up not really enjoying it. It's just because everybody didn't have a like similar goal or they didn't want the same thing so it pulled in different ways if you all come with the same idea the same concept and dedication to like that you can pull something beautiful yeah for sure what you know how long do you think it took for you to kind of develop that that understanding and that style as a gm it definitely took me a decent amount of time i will say honestly I think that Monster of the Week game actually is kind of what sold it on me. Okay. Um, like reading through all of D and I sort of brought things in. Like I would, I learned slowly through that by like listening to other podcasts and things, and like just talking to my players. But really, switching systems to one that actually supports the GM yeah. instead of like dumping a bunch of stuff on the GM <laughs> yeah. really shows you like the avenues you have to draw your players in and like set things up for them that they have expressed that they want. Yeah. Um, A thing that I really love about like powered by the apocalypse games is that instead of like player classes, you have player like archetypes, their playbooks. Mm -hmm. So they are things that kind of pre come to the table with stuff they're looking for. Yeah. Um, Like, um, like one in Monster of the Week, oh, I forget what it's called, but one of my players showed up and was like, I want to be this person who really is invested in finding monsters because one of my friends as a child mysteriously disappeared. Yeah. And I was like, ah, cool. I know that. <laughs> yeah. I have this whole world of monsters. I know where your friend went. They're yeah. secretly a princess. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. And the, yeah. and and I would leave clues like that. I'd be like, you see somebody who looks like your friend, but yeah. they run away from you. Nobody yeah. else in town remembers them. <laughs> and yeah. and it would lead them to chase after or or go somewhere. And and I mean, I think it's so cool to just like add amazing yeah. stuff. Like like I mean, I'm so I'm an atheist, but I love like I love the idea of of deities and stuff in like Pathfinder and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Like. 
that are actually like they exist, you know, canonically yeah. they exist. So like I'm I'm very much like I mean you can't just fucking talk to God in like <laughs> right? <laughs> right? Sorry to all people who feel differently. Um but um but yeah, but like in my game, you know, my players like they get definitive signs from the deities that they uh worship and they get like um you know dreams or like a wasp will show up and like give them hints to something you know what i mean like things like that mm-hmm. like because it, it's just like that's so cool as a player to be like oh shit like i'm important to this thing that i wrote down i i <laughs> believe in right. you know what i mean um it's a really interesting dynamic to explore yeah i'm like i wish more people did stuff like that because yeah. I feel like often it's like, ah, I'm a cleric. I pray to whoever. They let me heal you. That's cool. Okay, bye. Yeah. But but there's a there's a real thing there. Like, I don't know. I guess it also goes back to like what people want at the table. Mm-hmm. And most of my experience listening to people who like follow that path, I guess, are podcasts, which yeah. go down the like theatrical route anyway. So yeah. those are the things to pull. But I don't know. I love I love taking what people expect to happen and doing it the other way instead. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Did, um, since you brought it up, like, did you have a background at all in theater or writing? I did not. Um, I am actually awful at writing, I feel like. <laughs> <laughs> I, I wish I was better. I'd love to write. I have started so many projects um, that I have, just in general, all over, that I have never finished. Um and like i enjoy theater i enjoy mm-hmm. like the small bits that i've like done in it maybe part of me wishes i followed that a bit more but um i'm just i'm bad at reading too <laughs> so it like it's not for me really yeah. even if i tried to push it um but i really like creativity yeah and like just like exploration of concepts um like like um what i was talking about before when when everybody comes together and like brings their experiences and and you like learn and create something new that is really what drives me to play games mm-hmm. and like like try out new systems or try out new worlds or ideas is just this desire to take a concept like and assess it basically in a like critical way almost with the right people by playing through it by seeing the outcomes yeah um so like uh, like i i don't have an idea or i don't have an example off the top of my head right now other than like my show is about me on a journey basically yeah um but i just i like to dedicate to a concept and just explore that concept yeah that's really cool. Yeah. And I mean, so like when it comes to Wander Home and, and Two's company, like one, for those who don't know, um, and I'm pretty new to it outside of your show, like what mm-hmm. is Wander Home? And then, you know, what is your show? Let's talk about your show. Yeah. So I will start. Hmm, where's the best place to start? I'll start with the show, I guess, because okay. it's been through a little bit of like changes mm-hmm. uh, before Wander Home. So actually, you know, there was the whole podcast boom, uh, March 2020, when, when the <laughs> yeah. pandemic hit. Um, like, shit, I'm at home. What am I going to do? <laughs> my, my best friend and I actually started recording and dedicated ourselves to starting a podcast 
in January 2020. <laughs> we just so happened to have started releasing episodes right after the pandemic hit. We had like two full arcs up, um, and that's what started Sue's Company. Okay. Um, this was my best friend from high school. We always would like – this is the same guy who who uh, did the Monster of the Week thing for me. Yeah. Um, we would always just like text back and forth, even though we were far apart, like story ideas or like, like things we'd like to build. And I was in my last year of, of school. Most of my friends had already graduated and I was like, Hey, let's just, let's just do the thing. Yeah. So we, we started playing some games. Um, the reason we called it two's company was because there were two of us. <laughs> um, we alternated back and forth between two different campaigns. Um, I ran a Pokemon themed campaign and he ran a, um, uh, like a, like a fantasy kind of mid, mid tech, maybe, I don't know. It was like fantasy aristocracy kind of thing yeah. uh general stuff um but eventually once we both got jobs those petered out because uh, yeah. we could not record um so those are were unfinished stories i ended up taking them off the feed just from for other logistical reasons yeah um unfinished stories and like the system we were playing for pokemon got uh dcma <laughs> so no. we had to pedal back on that yeah <laughs> uh, but after that, we'd had kind of a pause, and in December 2020, I think, mm -hmm. is where Wanderhome comes in. Okay. That's where I found Wanderhome. Um, I think it was actually in the Three Black Halflings Discord server. That's where I played the first game. Um, oh, wow. My first game of Wanderhome was actually with Jeremy. Wow. <laughs> he, he was That's one of the crazy. players. It's incredible. Yeah. Um, so much fun to play. Um we had, we'd played a game in there. It We were, like, learning the system. It's a very easy system to learn, but, you know, kind of piling on. Um, but the feeling I had after that was just, like, a wash of excitement and mm. just, like, calm at the same time. Yeah. And I immediately knew, like, I got... I have to, I have to explore this. I have to explore this thing. What's the avenue to do it? Um, so in comes Left Foot Forward. That's the name of the series. Yeah. Um, it can, I guess it's a little confusing because the name of the show is still Two's Company, <laughs> but the season, the series is left foot forward. Yeah. Eventually, I hope to do more other stuff uh, if the motivation and spoons strike. But uh, for now, Wander Home is there. And the premise... Uh, revolves around my character in the playbook called the Moth Tender. Okay. Um, so in Wander Home, everyone is animal folk, um, all ranging sizes, uh, omnivore, herbivore, carnivore types. Um, there's a really beautiful passage at the beginning of Wander Home that is literally like. Here is all the info that you kind of need to know to get the general vibe of the place. Now go and explore. I'm not going to tell you about the stories. You're going to find out about the stories. Yeah. Um, and beautiful book. I could talk about it forever, but I won't. Go <laughs> go read it yourself, everybody. Uh, yeah. You will cry. Um, <laughs> but the moth tender is essentially a post person. 
uh, carrier moths, travel around delivering letters in tiny boxes. Um, And it was the the perfect playbook for what I wanted to do, which was have guests on the show mm-hmm. <laughs> as my character travels around and grows and meets new people and explores new um, like concepts. And I get to talk to a lot of cool people and play yeah. a lot of fun games and learn about those people and learn how they come in and, and explore stories. And so each episode is a new guest, basically, yeah. or each pair of episodes we do a character creation episode where the guest will come in i'll do a quick little interview like what's up your story with tabletop games and Mm -hmm. we build their character and then the second half is us building out the place that we explore because something really beautiful with wander home is you can kind of just pick up and play if you want as you play you actively build the places you explore and the people you meet and it it's GMless, so anybody yeah. can like jump in and breathe life into a place or breathe life into an NPC, um, and and just kind of like see where we go and 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 build out different time timelines. Not timelines. Well, maybe there was one episode we did about time travel, which was kind of cool. <laughs> but you have to get to episode twelve to get there. Yeah. <laughs> Um, or you can just yeah, start at episode twelve, <laughs> right? Um, so did you, so in that game, like because it uses playbooks and stuff, and typically like playbooks and any other game are used to like these are the moves that you can do when you're you know in a encounter, whether whether it's combat or like a social encounter. So in this, like the playbooks are they just built around like exploration and social interaction? Sort of, yeah. Um, I realize I have no idea if anything I was saying was concrete or tangible or in the right order, but (laughs) I ramble a lot. Um, But the playbooks actually, so generally a thing with Powered by the Apocalypse is the playbooks kind of all have a theme. They all focus in on like, in Monster of the Week, it's all about what is your relation to these monsters or creatures that you're finding. In like masks, it's what is your internal like struggle with being a superhero and your powers, yeah, or being a teen. <laughs> um, and and Wander Home is built on a kind of engine developed maybe or or like originating from a game called two games called Dream Askew, Dream Apart. Um, um, and it's it's the belonging outside belonging system. Yeah. Um, so there are no dice. There are no masters, no dungeon masters, no game masters. And it's all about an economy of give and take with tokens. Okay. Um, so the, the really only mechanic in the game, other than just you deciding things or, or role playing, is there are a certain set of moves that give you tokens. Okay. So it'll say, if you do these, you get a token. And a lot of those have to do with describing the world around you or like introducing new things. Mm -hmm. So the game actively asks you to build the world in order to be rewarded. (laughs) And then the spending of tokens all have to do with you yourself interacting with the world. Yeah. So. And in very interesting ways, um, in not 
it may coming from D and D. It feels really. It would feel really weird. I've heard heard a lot of people being like, "Wow, this is kind of like a jump because D and D is very much I enact my will on the world and make yeah. change." <laughs> yeah. While Wander Home is like, "Okay, I've gotten this token. I'm gonna spend it to maybe eventually help this person." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I will give them the 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 chance to change fundamentally, but it's up to them to to take to, it. To, and, yeah. Um so it's it's very much like <sighs> decentralized kind of. Okay. Everything about the game is less about each individual person's impact on the world and how the world grows collectively. Yeah. And how how people just passing by are not going to change everything. Yeah. You're not going to come into a town that has problems. It literally says in the book, you will not fix a place's problems. Yeah. You might be able to patch someone's roof, which would be great because then they won't get wet in the rain. But yeah. you are not going to fundamentally like fix all of their problems just by being there because they don't know who you are. <laughs> yeah. Honestly, though, like that. Is something I think a lot of people could really use, like yeah. that lesson in life, because I think it's it's so. I mean, anybody who's ever been in a situation where you've just like taken on everything knows like how hard that is, right? Mm-hmm. And if you've learned to like break out of that cycle, then you really understand, like truly understand, like the the value of 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 knowing you can't take everything on, of knowing you can't fix everything, mm-hmm. um, you know, and. For me, that started when I was 18. Uh, I kind of had like a legitimate like breakdown moment of like, oh shit, I can't do this anymore. Like I, it's not healthy for me physically. Um, But it still took a lot of time to like really understand it and learn to cope with that stuff. But I think there's so many people I know that are like, ah, just, you know, everything's happening around the world and da, 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 da. And I'm like, you can't fix all of that. You can't fix, you know, more than 1% of that. But if you just do the 1% and then like, understand mm-hmm. the other shit's going to have to figure itself out or whatever it is like that's fine it doesn't mean you're failing right yeah and i think i mean they yeah, the way that you described it that's how it that's how it feels to me i'm just like okay yeah like it, cool we learn to like do some cool shit and then we move on yeah there's i'm i'm sure there's a lot of reasons that that cause our brains to to oh, make yeah. us feel like it's all on <laughs> us that i won't get into now <laughs> right, that'll, right. Just, that'll just take forever and there's yeah. plenty of podcasts out there to discuss that yeah but it's yeah it's it's really just like we are all growing we're all still learning yeah. and it's okay yeah to it's okay to learn um but Back from that kind of tangent onto uh, yeah. the playbooks of Wander Home, <laughs> kind yeah. of what they're built around, um, is is all focusing on the reason you're traveling. Okay. So, like, because everybody who is a playbook character in Wander Home is traveling just by mm-hmm. nature of the game. You're yeah. wandering around trying to find where your home <laughs> might be. Hmm. Yeah. Uh, so they all kind of are like, here is why I'm traveling. For me, my character is a moth tender. I have to go from tower to tower to make sure the moths are are handled and deliver letters. Yeah. It's part of my journey to find out where I want to be. Or I am a shepherd. I um, Also, the sheep are big bumblebees. Mm, it's great. It's <laughs> yeah, great. The image for the shepherd is just... I oh, Maybe it is. Maybe I'm going to lie. I think it's a big sheep. 
person that is tending oh, bumblebees or like a ram person yeah. it's great yeah. um, the shepherd is tending to their flock of bumblebees so they are, are traveling around there's a poet on a journey to write their thesis or their mm. novel um and and another like a beautiful thing about the game is that there are some playbook most of the playbooks i will say most maybe not most of them but a lot of the playbooks kind of seem very light and kind of like upbeat and and very like chill on the surface yeah but everything does have a little hint of like pain and trauma mm-hmm. because we are keeping in mind that the last thing that the book tells us about the world that's important to know is that we recently we're in a war. Mm. There was recently a war that like embroiled this land, but we are no longer in that war and there's no violence here anymore. So a lot of the stories that if you want to, you can pull at is the land and the people itself recovering from that trauma. Yeah. And, and along with that, there are some heavier playbooks. One of the playbooks is literally the veteran. You are somebody who, whose identity almost was part of that war and you are trying to find you're traveling to find out who you are now Mm -hmm. and like where you fit in because all you knew was violence that was your life and now that's not there anymore um and you can get really deep like yeah the last move that the veteran has i don't uh, I don't remember if you mentioned it when you in your episode with Lex, because I remember you were talking about Wanderhome with Lex, which was really cool. <laughs> yeah. um, but the last move of the veteran literally makes the character unplayable for you. <laughs> you after you use that move, um, uh, and cool. each each playbook has like things that you can just do to enact on the world. But yeah. after you do that one, you cannot play that character anymore wow. because you literally kill someone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It literally says you kill someone and you cannot play this character. Yeah. Wow. I mean, that is like, that seems like a, such a powerful game. And, but at the same time, like how you talked about how much you loved the safety tools that are built into the game. Yes. Like it, I can see instantly why this would be so important to have what this really reminds me of it. Cause I haven't had, I haven't had the chance to play wonder home. Hopefully the first time I play it will be with you. Uh, I, I would love that. Very excited. I need to get my motivation and this, <laughs> this recording will make me do it. I swear. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the, the game that I did get to play that sounds in a, in a lot of ways, very similar um, was uh, by the wonderful Ella Watts. Ella, if you're listening, I uh, love you. you adore you. You're great. Um, she created a game called Upriver Downriver, mm. and, um, and in that game, you are going on a journey um, that will end. Um, either you go upriver or downriver. I forget which one is which, but one is the sea and one is the source. Um, it's a tarot-based mm. game. And similarly to like how you're talking about Wonder Home, like there's places, but what that place looks like, what the people look like, is all based on what you want. So like I came into the game and it's just like, you know, you pick a, a similar thing, like it's not called a playbook. Uh, I'm sorry, Ella. Um, but essentially, you pick like a archetype, and mm-hmm. that's the character that you're going to play. And so I was the doctor, and I was a uh, okay. My brain's breaking, but <laughs> essentially, I was like a water person. But it's yeah. like there's no description of what that person looks like. So then it's like, okay, well, what do you look like? And I was like, cool. I'm fucking 
black man with seaweed dreads and you know i wear like a big coat and you know um capris and no shoes and like (laughs) you you know and like yeah this is it and then there was another person who's the same same uh ancestry but looked different than what i looked like and it was cool and then like we kind of built around the town and stuff like that and it's just those things i think especially for people who are creative or who want to get into a creative mindset or who enjoy writing and stuff like that like to be able to just be like it is what you imagine mm-hmm. that's just play like that is such a cool thing to do i i love oh i love games like that yeah that, you should that, definitely check out upriver down river it's, I, it's I will, such a beautiful I, game I literally just just <laughs> did a Google search uh, yeah. right when you were talking about it because that sounds incredible. I love games that feed creativity like that. Yeah, like like a lot of traditional like GM based style games sometimes do tend to be kind of like players and GMs different sides, but and 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 like some things will will give like players options to feed in, but things that literally give you the 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 hooks, the story plots, the mm-hmm. the things to explore are incredible. It's 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 what I it's what I love about Wanderhome. The entire game is just threads. Yeah. You are building threads. You're putting together a bunch of potentially interesting things that you can just pull and follow and talk about and explore and yeah. and you don't even have to role play if you don't want to. I've played solo games at lunch just reading through the book. And <laughs> yeah. that's incredible. Yeah. Seriously. I mean, yeah. I definitely like when it comes to like doing like character backstories for the few times that I've been a player, that's literally what comes down. I'm like, oh, okay, what would be cool in this situation? All right. Well, yeah. Like even though, you know, your character might be super skilled, but like, okay, I'm fighting these hyenas. Like, all right, well, I rolled a natural one on this attack, you know, like, even though I'd, I'm not playing with <laughs> ice, but like, I'm, you know, working through the imagination of it and just like, well, how would that impact the story? And like, yeah. you know, okay, shit, this is really stressful now. Like, what is my horse doing in this situation? Um, and in the same way, like when it comes to GMing, that's very much how I do it too, of just like taking threads. Like when mm-hmm. I was working on this one shot that just came out, um, which if you haven't listened to that one, just skip episodes and go listen to it. It's so funny. It's so funny. Um, but anyway, um, we did our our character creation together. And um, yeah. as a group. And we're just like talking like and just like bullshitting. And from that, just being like, okay, I have this vision in my head now of this thing that's going to happen. Um, yeah, perfect. Yep, I love it that's what you're going to be. I got it. And then like these images are just popping into my brain of like, Oh, this would be so cool. Like, this is such a cool way to introduce this thing. And yeah. And then doing that and then getting to put it like into a game with your players and then watching them react and just be like, Holy shit. Oh my God, this is amazing. Like freaking out. Like, Oh, there's nothing better in the world than sharing that experience with your friends. Getting to just like have it all come together and yeah. uh, that actually made me that, that made me think of something when you asked where I like clicked with my GMing style. Yeah, um, it was it was playing like collaborative story building and or like world building games like GMless yeah. games. Yeah, yeah. One of my all time favorite games is The Quiet Year by Avery Alder, mm, where yeah, you yeah. literally build a community. 
like collectively you draw cards and you add and change throughout a year and it's it it originally is not intended to be like a world building game it ends up kind of like being one because you have things that you can call back to and like i've used it before as that but it you you just you learn to give up the 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 stool for a bit you learn to hear what other people's ideas bring in and 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 you add on to their ideas or like bring in your own to combat that and and see where it goes and and other like gms world i love i love world building games yeah no (laughs) i mean between yeah between that and like playing um lex's game placehood for character creation just do like mm. that for character creation and then just do like one of these yes. games and ah the game that you would create from that yeah honestly it has it is way too ambitious but it is my <laughs> dream to run a big campaign that is just a collection a whole slew of a bunch of different like games linked together that build yeah. it all up in different ways oh i literally have a note in my phone that's like <laughs> I think I called it like power world building campaign. (laughs) Where it's just a list of games that will like stack off each other to build like a history and a world and then run another game in it and switch. I I love doing that. I love switching it up and and, and seeing what we can bring together because games are amazing. Yeah. Games are perfect. I know. Yeah. That's the thing now as I've gotten more into like game design and stuff. I'm just like constantly coming up with ideas and like, oh, like this would be really cool. Mm-hmm. Um, and I mean, I think it's hard. Like, it's impossible not to be colored by your experiences, right? Like, I am a father, and I would love to create a game that like my kids could play without me having to worry too much about like, yeah. you know, blood and gore and all this stuff. Because I love those games too. Like, I love playing Delta Green and being and like creating very stressful, scary scenarios um and pathfinder too but i also like would love to just be like hey kids let's play this game we're like you know yeah it's got to be by the right, right context right framework right yeah and yeah and so i mean there are people out there making games like that but uh as you said like i am ambitious and so i just want <laughs> to make my own game um one yes. because i want to prove to myself that i can do it two i enjoy the process of the writing and everything and three, I think it would just be cool to just be like, hey, kids, look what your dad did. Like, made this yeah. game so we could play together. Uh, you know, whether or not it becomes, like, financially successful, like, the the joy that I will get out of that moment with my kids is, you know, you can't buy it. Gosh, so, yeah. I hear that. I'm super and... excited for for all that. But, yeah, I think it's, it's just such a, a fun, fun thing. Did you end up making a game or doing anything for... Or is that something that you want to do? I mean, obviously the big game, but uh, there's there's this back and forth with. I do have I do have an itch.io page. There are things on there. Um, they're <laughs> so yes, free, is what you're if, saying. <laughs> so yes, if anybody wants to check them out, I think it's daysimay.itch.io. There's a link yeah. on my Twitter as well. Same spelling. Um, and. I I so badly want to design games. I've started so many things. I just hit a wall. Yeah. Um, and like that wall is there for many reasons. I'm in my personal life trying to figure out my own like mental health aspects that have brought that wall up. Yeah. Um, but I find it really hard to finish projects. Yeah. So I will I will get to a place, I will know what I want, and then I won't be able to find the right word, and I toss mm-hmm. it out. 
Yeah. Like um, uh, you talked uh, with Lex about the Calchop core. And yeah, yeah. I have basically a fully developed idea for that. I just haven't finished it. And in my head, I'm like, ah, I'm going to do that one day. I'm going to finish yeah. it. I know it's super easy to just do, but I, I haven't. Um, my phone is full of like one like sentence ideas for a, for games that I I haven't thought about, um, but I do I do love the concept of game design. I am I'm very into the like uh, the the backgrounds of game design. Like I um, like I'm a, I'm a patron of of Possum Creep Games and Jay Dragon, and and, yeah. and Jay writes a lot of like game design thought pieces yeah which are super interesting to me and the like the the things that push game design and like and 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 push us to do certain things or how a game is built to help you do a certain thing yeah or or where you add things um super interesting uh there's a really really great article that jay wrote um i think it's thoughts on playground theory in game design i think I'm forgetting where you can find it, but I believe it's it's free to read. Uh, really great read. Uh, yeah. It's just a collection of thoughts on like, what does game really mean? <laughs> yeah, for sure. I mean, it's, yeah, that's one of the coolest things. Like, you know, game design and meeting game designers and just like listening to them, just like talk about like yeah. stuff. Like, it's just like, concepts that you would never even think about and they're just like yep and you're just like okay i guess i got some work to do (laughs) but i'm the same way like you know when it comes to for me like writing stories like writing books because that's something i want to do before i die um that's one where i'll like i'll get stuck and i'm just like turn away from it forever Mm -hmm. and sometimes yeah and like and you know i want to do this big game that i was kind of just alluding to that one has been like, I think about it a lot and I tinker very, very slowly. Um, and then with the Caltrop core game, the last detective that I made, uh, I was literally just in the interview with Lex and, um, at the interview we were talking and I was like, Oh, okay. Yeah. I, I have an idea. I know how to make this work. Oh, and we were just like, you know, yes. going back and forth. That's and incredible. so, Lex is yeah. Amazing. And yeah, I know Lex is really uh, wonderful. And, um, yeah, and it was really cool just to be like, oh, okay, yeah, it doesn't have to be like crazy complicated. Sometimes you can just kind of put it together and let people play it. Um, and so the I, I don't know. There's so much cool stuff like that you can do in in all this stuff, and uh, I'm excited to see what else comes. I'm excited for you to uh, jump back into Wanderhome Left of Ford when you're ready. Um, yes, because you know self care is super important. So. Uh, I'm glad that you're working on that. Let me give myself not a deadline deadline, but let me give myself motivation. When do you think this episode is going to come out? What's your estimation? A month? Okay. Yeah, actually. Within a month, I will have recorded the thing that I have personally made myself not go forward past. Perfect. (laughs) Because it has been since August, I think, that I've recorded an episode. Last August. Um, And... That's an episode that hasn't even been released yet because oh, I want to do yeah. like an end of season solo episode to be like, here's where I'm at. Here's where we're going. Yeah. I'm already past that. I just need <laughs> to do the one. <laughs> gotcha. Yeah. 
yeah. So like, uh, yeah, mid March is when this will be. So that'll be your your motivation. Yes. So <laughs> listeners, if you're hearing this, yes. go check out Two's company because yep. season two will probably be on its way up. <laughs> yeah. You heard it here first. You heard it first. Uh, and if it's not, tweet at me and bully me, please. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Definitely. I mean, don't don't really bully them, but like, you know, <laughs> gently nudge. Uh, I'm all for that. Um, well, Daisy, this has been uh, so wonderful. I'm I'm glad that we finally got to sit down and talk. Um, I just want to say, like, on a personal note, you were one of the first person to ever like just shout out my show about like how happy it made you and that has like lived with me since that day um and i so i super appreciate it and yeah i mean it's so cool that you know we got to sit down and do this and talk about stuff and i'm excited to see all the things that you end up doing as well well i really appreciate you having me on because because it was so cool i i mean i remember i remember when i did that because i was like I had seen you around and on, on Twitter and I was like, this is a cool show. I got to start it. And I was having a real rough day at work <laughs> and I, I, I put you on in the background and, and just like listening to you and your guest voice, just talk about the things you love is like, Oh yeah, this is some yeah. great energy. I can do this. Spreading that joy. That's what we try to do. Yes, so, indeed. Yeah. Well, cool. Thank you so much. And, um, yeah, we'll be looking for season two, um, and we will gently nudge you <laughs> when, when time comes. Uh, when yeah, just just tweet at me if it's not out. Yeah. Wow, can't wait for Left of Forward season two. <laughs> exactly. Awesome. Well, that was it. Thank you so much again. Yeah, of course. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you enjoyed the show. If you would like to reach out to us, check out the many options on the Anchor app or anchor.fm on your browser. You can also reach us at secretnerdpodcast at gmail.com. Make sure to subscribe to the show, and if you'd like, leave a review to help us grow this thing. Until next time.